Welcome to We Grow California with your hosts, Darcy Villery and Darcy Burke, a safe place where we discuss water, agriculture, and everything that makes California grow. We have guests from those who just drink water to those that make water policy, all passionate about the water issues that face all Californians today. Join the conversation by liking, subscribing, and visiting our website, wegrowcalifornia.com. Let's get the conversation started. So today on the podcast, we're welcoming back Chris White, Executive Director for the Exchange Contractors. He's here to talk with us about how the 2022 water year went and how our 2023 water outlook is looking. And then Chris will also be, this is a little taster for uh, the event that the Exchange Contractors Pack is having on February. What was that date again, Darcy? 28th at the Mission de Oro Hotel. Uh, begins at six o'clock. Yeah, Chris, we thought it'd be good to have you on to as a lead up to it. So in terms of 2022, it was a pretty, I don't know, how would you describe it? I'd say it was kind of, it was a fairly rough year. And I know whatever I had to deal with in terms of water, you guys would just tell me what it is. You had to monkey any number of things around behind the scenes to make it work for everybody. Is there any highlights you wanted to share? I would not describe what I'm going on behind the scenes as monkeying. <laughs> Isn't it a circus though, Chris? It's chimps swinging and spraying water at each other, obviously. So, no, yeah. Well, I would just say that the string of years that we've had since 2020 have been very challenging. Uh, 2020, as you recall, the um, the original forecasts were calling for less than 3.2 million acre feet of inflow. We actually ended up with a little bit more water than that uh, before the year was over. So there's two kinds of forecasts that we're looking at, and there's two different products that we're looking at. The exchange contractor's allocation is determined by projected inflow into Shasta. And that is from October 1st through the end of September. So we're not, right now, we're looking at projections that were done by Department of Water Resources for inflow into all of the various reservoirs throughout the state and paying in particular careful attention to the Shasta projections and the Millerton projections. And for that matter, the Pine Flat projections, because they are feeding into our system one way or the other. Uh, directly and the other reservoirs along the tributaries to the San Joaquin, Merced, Tuolumne, Stanislaus, etc. As you go further north, we're looking at those carefully as well. So the reclamation uh, is going to be announcing the initial allocations for the various entities, the exchange contractors ag service contractors. That's um, contracts that were entered into uh, in the 1950s uh, up and down the valley. San Luis unit contracts, those were entered into in the 1960s. Settlement contracts uh, in the north part of the state. All of those initial allocations are going to be announced by reclamation by February 15th. So we're getting close. And those allocations are based upon these forecasts that we were just talking about. And these forecasts that come out, they're really kind of, if you're, if you're not initiated or if you, if you haven't seen one before, they look really complicated. I gotta ask you, I guess, and I'll throw in there, Chris, honestly, every time we talk 90 and 50, I feel like I need a reminder of what the difference between a 90% CMC is and a 50%, because I know we're gonna talk about it, right? It's like 90% is the wet one or 90% is the dry one at 50% is the wet one. Yeah. There's a drier one than the 90 and there's much wetter than the, than the 50 as well. But those are the two that 
that I mostly look at and probably most of the other forecasters look at or modelers, I should say. I'm not a true modeler, but I know enough about it to get into real big trouble. So you're right, Darcy, the the 90% forecast is if things turn out from here forward to be drier. In, that, in other words, 90% of the years forecasting forward or would be drier than what they're forecasting. Only 10% would be, uh, excuse me, the other way around. <laughs> see, see, see. Yeah, see. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, it's on, it's on the dry end of the scale, uh, Darcy. Okay. Uh, only 10% would be drier. Uh, the rest of them would be wetter. So they, they're looking at the dry end of the scale. When they're looking at the 50% or the mean forecast, really it's the most likely is what they're, they're telling you. It's the mean forecast. It's in the middle of the, of the statistics. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, DWR, when they do all of their forecasts, they do a 99, which is really dry. Only 1% is drier. One out of 100. Mm -hmm. They do a 90. They do a 75. They do a 50. They do a 25 and they do a 10. That's why the thing looks so complicated when you look at it. Yeah. So uh, in 2020, the February 1st forecast, when it came out, was really interesting because the uh, 90% forecast, the dry forecast, was showing less water than needed in order to, to make a 100% supply for the exchange contractors. But the 50% forecast was showing that there would be enough water. And that's very rare. It very rarely happens. It's happened before. Uh, I think the last time it happened was back in 19. Uh, we were in this unusual situation where the earlier forecast by DWR uh, was telling the Bureau to allocate wow. to us a 75% supply under the 90. But what happened was in June, uh, the forecast finally went over the went over the line and went towards the 50% more than the 90. And we ended up with a, with a non-critical year supply in 2020. But it was a fairly dry year. Then we went into 2021. 2021 was an extremely dry uh, year. Uh, we had already, um, we had already uh, achieved a um, a goal for inflow into Shasta uh, that was more than the minimum three point two. The way our contract reads is that um, in a year that there's less than four million acre feet of inflow, then the deficit between four million and whatever the inflow actually is gets added to the next year's target for for a critical year in other words first year could be 3.2 that's where it, it starts at and then if the inflow for that year turns out to be only 3.6 okay in that year you're non-critical because you achieve 3.2 but the next year they add the deficit 400,000 acre feet to the 3.2 now you have 3.6 that you have to deal with for an inflow in order to get to non-critical so deficits added a couple of years. We had a deficit added in 2020 and then again in 2021. So that in 2022, we were at a 4 million acre foot and that's the maximum. It doesn't go any higher than that. So we had a 4 million acre foot target to meet in Shasta in order to be non-critical. 
And last year, the 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 initial forecast, and then even through the through the entire year, was well below that uh, in 2021. 2022 uh, also turned out to be a, a critical year. So that we've we've had a really tough three year run at water supply. So can I ask a question, Chris? Yes. You talked about projections, right? They projected this, they projected that, then they have the carryover basically of the deficit or the delta yep. of what the change is. It's additive for the Shasta criteria. Okay. So do they ever reconcile from projected to actuals? Yeah. Yes, they do. Uh, okay. It, the projected is this time of year. Actual is summed up on the end of September. Okay. So we know what happens. And they get pretty, they actually, uh, if you look at the forecasts and what actually happens, they get closer and closer and closer until they get to the end. So there, you know, usually the last forecast that the Department of Water Resources does is generally in, in June. Sometimes they end it before then, but you can get a forecast from them in June. That's the last one you're going to get. Wow. So what a difference a few weeks makes. Yeah. I was going to say, so, so yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Thank God. Uh, you know, everybody's talking differently now. I mean, even uh, just for it, uh, for what? So it's like I I asked you at the meeting on Tuesday at our Fireball Canal board meeting on Tuesday what you thought the uh, the allocation was going to be for 2023, and and you um I don't say you hesitate. You you bought you like ah, let's wait. Uh, we'll wait for the uh, for the actual nut. You know, like because it really nothing nothing's anything until DWR or until the announcement. I should say the bureau and everything right in in February. So. You wanted to talk for a little bit about the things that are gonna that may have happened that you think are gonna make it positive. I think would be good because even in the next thirty days before our meeting, it's gonna be it could change again. You know. Well, absolutely, absolutely. What's gonna happen uh, on towards the end of January? Department of Water Resources is gonna be out on the ground, actually getting measurements on the ground as to what the snow depths are, in order to calculate. Don't they do that every month? Like December yes. through April? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, sometimes through June. Okay. So they're doing that monthly. And then once they get the field measurements, then they they go into their offices and they do uh, the calculation as to how much uh, moisture equivalent is in the snowpack. And then based on their equations, they figure out how soon and what's the pattern for the runoff into the various reservoirs. And then they publish that information. Usually. Um, the information from DWR is available that uh, second week of the month. So uh, usually between the 8th and the 10th of the month. And then based on those forecasts, um, Reclamation, Department of Water Resources themselves, and all of us that have access to modelers, are pouring over that information as if it came off the Rosetta Stone, okay? <laughs> and we're we're trying to figure out, based upon how we understand and know the projects operate, what regulations they're likely to be subject to. And there is there is a if I was to print out on ledger's paper that you could read wide enough to you could read the the monthly restrictions based on the various regulations and print it all out and and do you remember green bar it was all perforated green bar it's paper. green bar yeah oh yeah yeah well yeah. the green bar paper this would print out on would be uh, big enough to be a horse blanket okay <laughs> just picture that 
but there are so there are the various various regulations and and so but um speaking of that chris i think and i'll let you continue but i was uh because because i'm always getting quite asked around here about the pumps and what's going on in the delta and yeah. didn't the banks pumping I've, I've been checking it ever since you sent me a, a link because you can get all this a lot of this information is publicly yeah. available on websites sure. uh anybody can go look and you sent me the one for the pumps over there and man the mm-hmm. bank's pump suddenly was it monday just yeah kicked up but i mean it's pumping tuesday, for the state monday like tuesday what was holding, yeah what was holding it back because i think adam mentioned it at the the meeting it was uh what was it yep first flush uh first flush action in the biops yep so there's various uh very yeah biological opinions there's um a mandatory state first board flush. regulations uh, yeah. that are contained in water rights decision D1641. Those are the main ones also. And then the biological opinions. But uh, it was a hard and fast, like just, okay, for two weeks where this is all we're pumping, like kind of. Yeah. In, so there's a, there is regardless a, of inflow. In the regulation now, um, there is a, um, an action that must be taken if certain things happen in the Delta. All right. And this was the first one is called a first flush action. So the big the first big flush that's coming through the Delta in a certain time frame. So it's late December into January. If if and when it occurs. Uh, it it, it uh, creates a trigger situation. And if that trigger is exceeded, which is an inflow into the into the Delta, if it's exceeded, then it automatically keys in this first flush action. So the it's it's designed to protect delta smelt, and it's designed it's designed to limit the the amount of reverse flow that occurs in old and middle river of the San Joaquin River. So as you can imagine, the delta coming from the north is the Sacramento system. Feather River connects in up there somewhere. Is coming into the delta. Uh, Folsom, the American River is coming in just on the north edge, coming into the delta. And what's coming in from the south is the San Joaquin. And where the pumps are located in the delta, if you can imagine a three-corner delta, the south corner, you know, it's a, it's a triangle with a point uh, pointing westerly towards the ocean. The south point is the San Joaquin. The north point is the Sacramento. And then the west point is towards the delta or towards the ocean. Somewhere closer to the south point is where the pumping plants are, both the state and the federal pumping plants. And there's an internal set of uh, of channels that flow water either from the south toward outward towards the ocean or from the north towards the ocean. But in order for these pumps to pump as much as their capacity can be, at times they reverse flow on the on sections of the old and middle San Joaquin River. So the regulation comes in and says, well, normally we'll let you go to minus 5,000, a negative 5,000 CFS on OMR, Olden Miller River. But during this first flush, we're going to limit you to minus 2,000. And what that means is that you have to pump less if, uh, in order to make that happen. All right. Well, that occurred this year uh, and went through uh, Monday. It was a 14-day operation. So around the 2nd is when it came in. Uh, and when that trigger was what came in, um, there was a significant amount. This rainfall that we've had uh, impacted the entire state, and we had a significant amount of flow uh, going down uh, both the San Joaquin and the and the Sacramento systems into the Delta. 
And so the positive flow coming down the San Joaquin River at times has been 8, 10, 15,000 CFS heading into the Delta. So that's pushing out. That's a positive number. And so uh, during during this period of of the first flush action, it was enough to allow the federal project to get all the way up almost to its full pumping capacity. They and they they were at uh, uh, five pumps off and on, four to five pumps most of the time, and very close to their maximum capacity. Uh, during that same period, the state was not uh, pumping all of the all of the flow that they had in their capacity paying careful attention to this first flush uh, action uh, and um, and and limiting the on the state side to uh, lessen their full capacity. But however, as soon as that uh, that first flush action got out of the way on the 16th and the state uh, up there pumping pretty significantly. And so now we're seeing uh, both projects by and large pumping at their full capacity, uh, but also paying very careful attention to uh, other uh, other um, triggers in the Delta that could impact pumping moving forward. So that's what we saw, Darcy. So, Chris, 2022 was not stellar. Right. 2021 was not stellar. 2020 wasn't stellar. Now we have significant snowpack. Yep. Um, the water yeah. content seems to be encouraging yeah. within that snowpack. Well, I think that's fair to say. It's encouraging. I'm not saying ideal. And not that we're asking for a magic wand. However, do you think the allocation for the exchange contractors will be favorable? I'm hoping that it's that it's going to be favorable. I have a positive feeling in that direction based on what, what we're seeing. You know, it all depends on whether... Um, you know what the forecast comes out uh, right now there's two products out there I, we've talked a lot about the department of water resources product that they update once a month actually they, they update the numbers based on field surveys once a month but they actually do weekly updates as well um, there's another product that's put out by the uh, river forecast center and it's updated daily and they, they generally agree they're not always in the same place but they generally agree and right now the the River Forecast Center, RFC, uh, their 90 is showing greater than 4 million, which is what the target would be. So that feels pretty favorable. It's interesting because it's just above 4 million right now. And uh, with this dry spell setting in, it's losing a little bit every day. Um, yeah, I feel like after last year with as much rain and snow as we had and, uh, you know, by last, I should say last water year you know, in uh, December going in and, and yeah. that's what DWR and everybody's been warning about. It's like, okay, okay. It's going to be wet. It's yeah, it was wet, but remember that year, remember how it all went away. And so it's giving everybody a lot of pause right now. And it's throwing just to mention, like in Westlands, I've heard all the way people are talking about, oh yeah, we're going to get five, like 5% up to 50% is the number I heard. And I'm like, don't trust anything yet. You really can't, you know? Well, you, no, you can't actually yet. Uh, it's too soon to really Way too soon. Yeah. Really get an idea on it. So here's where we're at. The difference between last year, 2022, we're in a situation where uh, we were in a critical water supply situation, which is our under our water shortage provision. The the project was not able to perform to get us all of our water through the delta. There was a supplement that came down the river in order to supply uh, the exchange contractor as a part of our supply. 
in fact, it was about 200,000 acre feet of release from, from Millerton to make that work. To this year, and this is this three week period of really wet weather has caused a huge difference in which we're seeing, you know, when the first uh, rainfalls were coming in right around just after Christmas, they'd get a rainfall, but we didn't see a lot of reaction of inflow into Shasta, probably due to cold weather, bringing snow conditions in along with wet weather, but also the, the antecedent conditions within that area, which they're really dry. Um, and so you'd get a lot of, of moisture there, but it was soaking into the ground more or less. Um, but uh, by about the uh, first week of January, second week of January, those rainfalls were occurring and we were seeing Shasta starting to react the way you would expect it to react with some pretty good size inflows. So this year, what I'm waiting to see is what that DWR forecast is that we will see on, on uh, February 8th. And a lot of things will, will come, to, come to be told in that story and once we put it together. What's going to happen? Well, we'll know whether or not they're going to forecast or whether they forecast the 90 percenter to be greater than 4 million. That's a good start. Uh, we'll also know uh, what their inflow patterns are for the things that we that locally we really care about a lot, and that's Millerton and it's um, Pine Flat. Uh, we will start to begin to understand what kind of flood flow situation we might get out of those facilities. So when we get flood flows out of Pine Flat, it comes out down the Kings River, the first 4,700 cubic feet per second. It's a measurement of flow, a flow rate, comes down the Kings River and in through the Mendota Pool, which is our headworks. And when the exchange contractors pull water from the San Joaquin River or from the Kings River that doesn't originate from San Luis Reservoir, when we pull that, that means that there's additional water in San Luis Reservoir for allocation to West Side and other uses. So we're, we'll be looking at that um, along with our, our uh, federal water contracting partners to determine what that might mean. Uh, the other one, uh, obviously, is, uh, is Millerton, and Millerton is running right now. Uh, they were up to 7,000 CFS of uh, releases for flood control. They're already encroached in their flood control diagram. A flood control diagram is something that when they build a project, they submit the size of the project to the, the uh, U.S. Corps of Engineers, and the Corps of Engineers develop a diagram or, or a process that you adhere to so that you're not, so that th that facility will release water in time so as not to flood anybody upstream or they release water soon enough at a low enough rate where it's not flooding everybody downstream, right? That's the flood control diagram. And there's one of those flood control diagrams for each of these systems up and down. So we'll be able to compare the, the forecasted inflow into that reservoir against, uh, against the flood control diagram and really determine how long, at least initially model, how long those flood releases might last down the river and how that might help water supply as well. So we'll have some of those answers by the time we get into mid-February. And uh, or at least an educated guess on some of it. An educated guess. That was a nice save, Chris. <laughs> you know, crystal ball in this, right? That You just kind of have to go with what you get when you get it. That's right. Right. Yeah. right. So 
Um, we are always excited to have you on. We hope you'll come back again. And we just want to remind um, our listeners that this has just been a small, small sample of what you're going to get if you are able to attend the Exchange Contractors Pack membership meeting on February 28th at the Mission Del Oro Hotel in San Anella. If you Go to ecwaterpack.com. You can register for the meeting. Registration is required because space is limited. And Chris will be there with at least an updated um, information because it'll be after the February 15th or February 8th date that you're going to kind of wait and see what what they come up with. Right, Chris? Uh, That's correct. And um, in California, we we live in a state of weather extremes. In 2021 20, and 22, we had two extremely wet years, two, 2017 and 2019, and then three additional years that were, I would say, I would, I'm going to call them average years from an inflow standpoint in the state, but because of regulation in California, it was a, it was a difficult water year for many of, uh, many of the contractors throughout the state. So we'll have a better understanding as to where we're at and how this wet period has affected us uh, by next month. And I think for Californians, it's it's important to understand the difference between drought due to meteorological events and drought conditions, which are caused by a, a variety of, of things, including uh, restrictions and regulatory compliance. So thank you so much for joining us, Chris Darcy. Any last comments? No, thanks, Chris. Thanks for coming on, Chris. And I'll see you. If I don't see you sooner, I'll see you in the meeting in February. Absolutely. Thanks again, Chris. We love having you. Can't wait to have you back. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Appreciate it. You've been listening to a We Grow California podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer or would be interested in being a guest, please check out our website, wegrowcalifornia.com. Sound and audio engineering provided by postandjam.com.